Welcome to Rivers in the Desert International, a revival ministry dedicated to bringing the living waters of God's love to a hurting and dying world. It is our desire as you listen to the following message that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and that you would be ignited into a fervency for Jesus. This is the day to be filled with the knowledge of His glory as the waters cover the sea. God is doing something new on planet Earth today, and you and I have the great privilege to be a part of it. We love you. Be blessed. Shalom, friends. This is Scott from Israel. We're greeting you. Mega and Rav Shalom to you this February 11th, 2009. What a, what a strife-filled confusion week in terms of the Israel political scene. I'll give you a quick recap on what's happening. Um, I do encourage you to go to Jerusalem Post, Depka file, or Haaretz to get the corresponding views what is happening so you guys continue to stand in the gap for the process that's going on here. Um, it really very, very interesting, very unstable. Uh, this is really the last thing this country needed was the lack of a strong leader, a lack of a political mandate by the uh, voters to give this country a leader that can take us into the next few years ahead, especially in our fight against Iran, against terrorism, uh, the economy, and all these things that are pressing onto this small country. Let me give you a quick recap. Uh, Ariel Sharon, I talked to a very, very uh, intelligent, educated scholar um, a couple of years back, and he told me that the strength of Ariel Sharon was not just his military background, but he was a very, very shrewd political tactician, and he was able, and very strong, he was a father type in Israel, and he was able to pull together the different parties, especially the left and the right, and come out as a strong leader that could unify the country over security issues, etc. And uh, that's why when he went into a coma after the disengagement, um, it's like Israel lost a father. And that is the feeling on the street. That's the feeling on the street that um, we have this this mishagas, this mess going on in the political scene here. Uh, the remnants of leftover of his vestiges of power is the Kadima party. Kadima means to go forward in Hebrew. And they're kind of a centrist, leaning at times to the left. Uh, and then you have Likud, and led by Benjamin Netanyahu. And coming up in the middle of all this has been uh, Lieberman, a Russian immigrant from Moldavia, and capturing at least minimum 15 seats. We'll know a little bit more as more of the soldiers uh, vote comes in later today. Um, but we see a tremendous change in the political scene here. We see a frustration. We see people uh, voting for Tipe Levy, and it was quite, an, quite a uh, comeback she did in winning the election last night by one vote or one Knesset chair for the Kadima party. And then you have all the right-wing coalition led by Benjamin Netanyahu, who's claiming victory. Even though he lost a general election, he has a, a majority in the Knesset. And we have a Knesset now leaning more toward the right, which is good for us because we, the right is not going to give away the Golan as far as we know, and they're more biblically based than the left. And who is dis- disappearing and evaporating on the scene is the current uh, defense minister, Barack, the leader of labor. And so what we see, we see a, a, a tremendous kickback uh, 
a, not just a knee-jerk reaction, but an anger within the Israeli populace here that the left, Kadima, especially labor, has not done enough against terrorism, against Hezbollah, against Hezbollah, uh, Hamas, etc., against the threat of Iran. And then you see the, the public going toward the right, but not too sharp to the right, not totally to the right. So we have quite of a quite a situation here where Bibi is claiming that he's the next prime minister, to be Levy, she's claiming she's the next prime minister, and right now everybody is in closed-door sessions trying to build a coalition as fast as possible. And then if they think they have enough votes to have a majority of the coalition of the different political parties, then they approach Shimon Peres, the president of Israel, and he declares the next new government. So we're in for quite a strife-filled confusion um, pulling every adverb, adjective I can think of here, and this is the last thing our country really needs. And again, this this plays back to um, really the sin of the land here. The sin of the land here is the people want a political leader. They want a king over them instead of God being the king. And this goes all the way back to the book of Judges, all the way back to the time of Samuel, and this continues today. Um, so again, you can go to it's changing by the hour here. You can go to the web portals and get the news on what's happening here politically. I want to, I want to take a step into the realm of the spirit, into the realm of the word of God right now to give you a really good, um, uh, to give you a really good, uh, outlook on what's happening. It's very interesting. We've been very, very dry. This is a very, this is on record, the driest month ever in Israel's modern history. Uh, the Sea of Galilee, the Lake Kinneret, is very, very low. And strangely, a huge thunderstorm blew in last night. One of the most violent windstorms I've seen here. And the lightning and the thunder all night and the rain. And thank God for the rain. And uh, But it was just, you know, it was ominous. You know, it was a sign that there was changes going on. And uh, even in the heavenlies, there's changes going on. And let's go back to the book of Haggai, excuse me, the book of Habakkuk. And I'm going to read to you the oracle which Habakkuk saw. Now, it's really interesting. Habakkuk's grave is right on top of the reservoir, um, the man-made pipeline, the man-made water irrigation system that's pumped up from the Sea of Galilee. And it comes down past Haggai's grave in the area he grew up and heads all the way down into the central coastal region of Israel. So the main water source of Israel goes back past the area where Habakkuk prophesied. Very interesting to me. Verse 2, it says, How long, O Lord, will I call for help and thou not hear? I cry out to thee, violence, yet thou dost not save. Why dost thou make me see iniquity and cause me to look on wickedness, yet destruction and violence are before me? Strife exists and contention arises. Therefore, the law is ignored and justice is never upheld. For the wicked surround the righteous, therefore justice comes out perverted. So because there is this perversion of justice in the land, he says, look among the nations, observe, be astonished and wonder, because I'm doing something in your days, you would not believe it, even if it were told you. And so this prophecy back then was about the Chaldeans, the Babylonians coming, and it it was shocking the people that Babylon could come in and destroy the temple. And the reason the root problem was because justice was being perverted and the reason the law was being ignored and justice was not 
being allowed in the land is because of strife and contention. Very interesting. So let's look at this idea of strife and contention, how it deals with the political scene uh, in the Western world and also especially here in Israel. And let's see how we can take evasive action from it. In James chapter 3, um, it's very powerful. It talks about not many of you wanting to become teachers, my brethren, verse 1, knowing that you shall incur a stricter judgment. So we see that there is judgment has begun in the house of God, and what God is judging now, uh, right now, are those who are teachers. Okay? And we see a tremendous shaking going on. I don't need to go into all that. You guys have heard me blowing the show far about that. In verse 13, it goes back to this theme of being a teacher. And it says, Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. David says, Thy gentleness have made me great. So there is an area where we can walk in the gentleness of the Messiah, hallelujah, yet be strong warriors at the same time. And I encourage you uh, to go back and listen to the other podcasts that have gone out uh, this last couple months and listen to the the whole expose that the Lord gave us on Proverbs, how the first nine chapters of Proverbs is about the evil woman and the wise woman and how the young men are being called out to avoid this evil woman whose depths whose uh, descendants or whose guests that went into her house that were naive and did not listen, that were lured in by her, uh, are in hell, and that she is the portal into the netherworld, the underworld. And then on the other end of that is the wise woman crying out in the gates of the city, and she is the portal into the glory realm. Hallelujah. It's a very, very powerful concept, very, very powerful um, uh, Hebrew parallelism that Solomon employs. And so here James is talking about wisdom also and this gentleness of wisdom. So let's see, it says verse 14, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, and demonic. For where there is jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there's disorder in every evil thing. So if we can look at the gates of hell, if we can look at the attack against us in the microcosm individually, our families, our businesses, our our ministries, uh, corporately, our countries, whatever, um, you can see that if we can find out what the epicenter is, the command center of the enemy and strike it, hallelujah, glory to God, we can plunder his camp, we can bind the strong man, glory to God, and plunder his house. And so we see here jealousy and selfish ambition is the exist where there is um, selfish ambition, okay? And brothers and sisters, this is this is very, very important for us to understand is that in the last day, men will be lovers of self. And that's why it's so important this hour to recalibrate your prayer life, to quit praying for yourself, quit praying for your needs, quit praying for just, you know, you. And my, my name is Jimmy. I'll take all I can give me. You can give me. You know, Lord, bless me and my wife, our two kids, us four, no more. I mean, you need to get out of that mindset. You need to come to the place where, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. As you look to the cross, you look to Jesus, what he did in Gethsemane, and stay in that place, hallelujah, and that motif, that desert shepherd warrior motif we've been teaching on, that it's not my will, it's your will be done, hallelujah. And it's in that environment you automatically disengage yourself from being used by the enemy or being surrounded by the enemy, okay? Where there's selfish ambition, okay? 
Uh, you know, it's not about our ambition. It's all about him in this hour. Glory to God. And it goes second is jealousy. Okay. And jealousy, we know love is not jealous, not envious. So when you have jealousy, this fierce desire to promote one's own desires above everybody else, and you have this selfish ambition going on, that is the breeding ground. That is the fertile soil for every demonic work to grow out of. That's the gates of the enemy. Those are the portals of hell right there. And that's represented by the evil woman in Proverbs. And it's read it again. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. Okay, so if you start majoring on earthly wisdom, okay, and try to use earthly wisdom and read the book of Proverbs, read the wisdom literature in the Bible with er earthly understanding, it's all self-centered and it all goes into the dark realm. Okay, so it's natural, it's demonic. We have to get into the heavenly wisdom. Glory to God. And let me bring out here this idea of jealousy in every evil work. I'm reading from the Greek uh, linguistic key of the Greek New Testament by Zondervan. And powerful here in James 3, in verse 13, it says here that the this is a technical term, whoever is wise among you, um, for a teacher or a Jewish sage type, who has knowledge of practical and wisdom, okay, but it rests on the knowledge of God. This is in deep contrast to the Greek philosophical term of theoretical wisdom. So you have to understand this wisdom of this age is foolishness before God. Socrates, uh, Aristotle, all these things that developed in our society, even to our modern you know, European society, Hegel and Kant and all these others, this is wisdom of this world. It's not from God, okay? The heavenly wisdom is totally portrayed in a different way, and we need to tie into that. It goes on and says here um, that in the imperative here that we need to demonstrate a manner of life and conduct. I mean, we are commanded, if we have this wisdom from heaven, to walk in a sphere of gentleness, not fiercely promoting our own desires and our own ambition. It goes on here and says, um, meekness, gentleness. It's the opposite of arrogance and indicates the humble and gentle attitude which expresses itself in a patient submissiveness to offense, free from malice and desire for revenge. So as we let the grace of Yeshua, the grace of Jesus work on our lives, we follow his example, we're going to be tested we're going to have people do things against us, and we're going to have to stay in a place of a humble and gentle attitude, leaving the room because the wrath of God will take care of the situation, and patient submissiveness to offense, free from malice and desire for revenge. Okay? So we've got to stay out of this attitude like the, the two sons of thunder who called wanted to call down fire on a city that didn't receive the testimony of Jesus. We understand, let God do this stuff, Okay? Again, it goes on and says, desire for revenge. Brothers and sisters, let God take care of the situation. Okay, if we've been taken advantage of, somebody stabbed you in the back, you've had a Judas in your life, whatever, you need to pull yourself back before you fiercely promote selfish ambition or revenge, okay? And be that charactership 
of like a sheep going into the slaughter, okay? Um, if God before us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. I love the terminology of Jeremiah as he's being persecuted. And he says, Lord, even all my trusted friends are looking for my downfall. But Lord, you're with me as a Ritz Gibor, as a mighty, fearless, terror-striking champion. Hallelujah. Powerful. So the idea here is that... Um, the, what differentiates the wisdom of God from the natural wisdom, which is demonic of this world system, camouflage and natural ideas, philosophical thought, humanistic ideas, okay, uh, which is fueled by uh, selfish, self-centered ambition. Uh, this zeal, people, everybody's built in with this zeal. From little infants onward, there is a zeal for self-preservation, self-ambition, okay? And that's what we need to die to. This zeal is actually an idea of fierce desire to promote one's own opinion to the exclusion of others. So when somebody gets into a place, okay, and we've all done it before, okay, we repent and we want to follow the example of Jesus, is that we want to fiercely promote our own opinion to the exclusion of others. Okay, there's one thing about standing on the word of God and not listening to the unbelief around you, not letting family and friends and associates pull you away from what God's told you to do and be fiercely obedient to what he said, fiercely set your face like flint to obey God. That's one area, okay? But we're talking about selfish ambition where, you know, everybody out of my way, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do it now. Okay, you better be careful because you're heading on a slippery path into destruction. Now, it's very interesting here. This idea here, again, let me read it, James 16. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there's disorder in every evil thing. So the first fruit of where there's this selfish ambition and jealousy existing is disorder, okay? There is confusion, and God is not the author of confusion. Where there is confusion, where there is disorder, this is a manifestation of selfish ambition and jealousy, okay? And actually, James uses the Greek word selfish ambition. The word actually is the uh, meaning of a vice of a leader of a political party created for his own pride. It is partly ambition, partly rivalry. Interesting, isn't it? So we see here that the entire political process, as we've seen it today in our democratic countries, that this idea where somebody fiercely wants to promote his own idea, his own opinion, and he gathers people around him and they create a party. They break off from another party and they become their own party based on rivalry against somebody else against and, and, and with their own ambition. And it's in this seedbed manifestation, okay, of this political process that we see is all demonic work. Now, we're, as we as believers, need to go with this. Um, I'm all for believers getting involved in government, getting involved in the political process, getting involved in uh, using, making our vote count. I'm all for that. I'm all for praying for our leaders, praying for those in authority, whether they be godly or ungodly, praying for them, as First Timothy says. But somewhere along this line, we're going to have to stop putting so much energy into this area and make it a minor and not a major. Like when you go to university or college, you have a major, and most of your time is spent studying that major, and also you have some minor course load, okay? I think that we, and as we've seen, and we've put so much energy, 
so much funds, so much time that could be used for instead for discipling and winning the lost and helping the poor and all these other things. Instead, we've tried to raise up, especially in America and Canada, a godly leader, a Christian coalition type thing. And we see that we get so far and we hit a ceiling limit and the thing goes no further, okay? Because in itself, the system is corrupt. In itself, there has to be bartering. In itself, there there is a place of compromise and selfish ambition and lying and deceit. You understand what I'm saying? The system is built on that. The system is something that, okay, we, we need to be involved and in a certain state. But I think in terms of political process, we need to minor on it, okay? Still have a, 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 a Christian witness in it and use it for the Lord, but it is not our main platform in this hour, brothers and sisters. Why? It's because how many people have gone involved, you know, you know, you just you, you see it. Somebody, maybe you had a friend, a family member, maybe an associate, maybe you're in a congregation, and, and maybe it's assistant pastor or a pastor or whatever, and, or a worship leader or a children's teacher, and they get offended or they see something wrong, and they start to gather people around them, and they create their own faction, their own party. There's a split, okay? And you have two sides of believers competing with one another, ambitioning against one another, jealous of one another. And in that place, Satan gets his greatest strength, okay? So again, let me read these scriptures to you again. I know the Lord is saying some things through his word today. It says here, but if you have bitter jealousy, verse 14, chapter 3 of James, and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and lie against the truth. So, you know, you can camouflage, you can be two-faced, you can be hypocritical and and not show people your true colors that really what you're all about is selfish ambition and bitter jealousy, okay? You want to be number one, you want to win no matter what, okay? You want to get what you want and you can hide that and camouflage that and you're already a hypocrite and you're walking in a, in a lie, you're living a lie and you're actually being led by the father of lies, it says, this wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. So it's earthly, it's of this earth, okay? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this earth. It's natural. It's ruled by the five senses. It's ruled by the fallen nature. It's ruled by uh, the carnal mind. And then the third development, it is demonic. So if we can strike, hallelujah, a blow into the kingdom of darkness right now, I would say it is in this place, whether it be in the political arena, in the governments we see today, or it, whether it be in the political arena within ourselves, within selfish ambition and, and, and rivalry, okay? And it says this is the place where there's disorder and every evil work. And so I'm looking now at what's happening here in Israel. You have Likud, you have Kadima. We have a big balagan, which in Hebrew means it's a mess. Um, whoever is going to be prime minister <laughs> is going to always be looking over their shoulder and see if their, their rival, who is now in coalition with them, is not going to stab him in the back. And there's not a real clear-cut mandate in the Israeli government who is going to lead us right now. And so you're going to see a lot of stuff going on behind the closed doors, underneath the table, a lot of bargaining going on, a lot of selfish ambition. And, you know, a lot of these men and women, they really got involved because they wanted to help the government. They wanted to help people. They want to help this country. And look at look at the mess that's going on, folks. Look at the mess. I don't even need to talk about what's happening in France or in Spain 
or in other political areas, even in America or even in Canada, what's going on there. Um, but again, let's pull ourselves back. Can we start using our time and efforts more wisely right now, not pursuing tri- governmental activism, but instead doing the simple commandments of, of, of what Yeshua, the Messiah, told us to do? Hallelujah. I want to encourage you, stay away from selfish ambition. Stay away from rivalry. Save away from uh, gathering people around you because you've been offended, okay? And you fiercely want to promote your one own's opinion ahead of others. Folks, this is where all demonic wisdom begins, okay? This is where all of it captures itself, okay? And whether it be business associates, whether it be siblings against one another, whether it be divorce within families, whether it be in-laws that become outlaws, against somebody within the family, whether it be uh, governmental leaders. It's all based on this jealousy and selfish ambition. That's why it's so simple. When you die to self, you totally knock out the entire backbone infrastructure of Satan. Glory to God. In verse 17, it says, The wisdom which is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. So as we conclude this quick teaching here, the wisdom is from above, which I want. Hallelujah. And you lack wisdom. James 1, verse 5. Let him ask of God. And he'll give it to us. If you don't waver in doubt, he'll give it to you in faith. It's first pure. That's why you always know the blamelessness, the purity, the highway of holiness. This is what you want to stay on. You don't want to be in compromise right now. Second, it's peaceable. Whew, hallelujah. It's gentle. It's reasonable full of mercy and good fruits. And the seed is whose fruit is righteous is sown in peace by those who make peace. God wants us to make peace through his wisdom that's from above. Now it continues, of course, there's no chapter divisions in the original letter. It was put here by redactors for reference purpose. So it's for our reference purpose, chapter four, verse one, but it's still the same letter, okay? What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is it not the source your pleasure which wage war in your members? So there is a war going on within our lower nature to have it, I want it my way, okay? And that's where this demonic wisdom gets its fertile growth. You lust, you do not have, you commit murder, your envious cannot obtain, you fight and quarrel, you do not have because you do not ask, you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulteresses, you do not know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So right there is a crucible. Right there is the paradigm shift. Right there is a line drawn in the sand that if you follow this process, the political scene we see in the government or political scene, uh, as I mentioned here just a few minutes ago, strife and rivalry with one another, uh, we actually become adulteresses and we choose the friendship of this wisdom, this woman of the world, rather than the woman that leads us to the portal of glory, as Proverbs 8 shows us. Powerful, folks. Verse 5 says, You think the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires a spirit which is made to dwell within us. So, there is a realm of holy jealousy that we can tap into that's over this unclean jealousy. We see it right now in Israeli politics, all the wrangling going on, okay? We can tap into this higher realm 
this desire. I love it. I love what the New American Standard says in the margin. It says, the spirit which he has made to dwell in us jealously desires us. When we were born of the spirit, when we were filled with the spirit, when we were repeatedly filled with infillings of his spirit, his spirit within us jealously desires us. Hallelujah. And our job is to yield to that love and not to the love of selfish ambition and jealousy and the burning desire of hell. Okay? He goes on and says here, he gives greater grace, verse 6. God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So we see here that the pride, you may not get up and say, hey, I'm a legend in my own mind. I'm God's gift to mankind and, you know, be prideful and I'm number one and all this stuff. Okay, but the hidden pride here is jealousy and selfish ambition. That's what he's talking about here. This jealousy and selfish ambition is really pride in God's eyes. And he does not, he, can, he opposes the pride and gives grace to the humble. So you know you're walking in godly wisdom when you have that, that atmospherics of gentleness and humility into your character. Hallelujah. Let's just wash yourselves in that right now as I'm talking. Just wash yourselves. Just recalibrate yourselves. Renew your minds to walk in this. And it goes on into a great eclipse of spiritual warfare here. Verse 7, submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So what does it mean, submit to God? Well, in the context here, submit to his humility. Submit to his wisdom. Submit to this woman in Proverbs 8 who's calling us into the higher realm of glory. Submit to the fear of the Lord. Submit and run from this selfish ambition, this political rivalry, these political factions, these sects. Okay? You see this, brothers and sisters? And we're able to resist the devil, and then he flees from us. Glory to God. And you can continue to read the rest of chapter 4 and 5 and just be totally blessed by it. I, I pray that this teaching has blessed you. Um, it's really blessed me. I see a real manifestation of darkness like I've never seen before on planet Earth, and it's just manifesting itself right now in the Israeli political process. And uh, pray, pray that um, you know, these leaders come to their right mind repent, prefer one another. God shakes this whole situation up. Brothers and sisters, people are hoping that there would be a political solution and there's more balagan going on. Uh, there's such an extremism right now. People that would have voted for Bibi are voting for Lieberman. And just, there's a frustration in, among the Israelis that we meet in the political process, even more than Americans and Canadians. They're very, very frustrated, very, very antagonistic against this whole process. And God is using this situation where the devil has been running roughshod in Israeli politics for years and causing lots of confusion. God is going to use this to cause people to look up, hallelujah, to want a better life, to look unto God to be their leader, hallelujah. Pray into this, glory to God. Now, just a quick update. Um, the commander of our special unit uh, calling that we've all been sowing into and helping uh, here at Rivers and Desert, and they just, you know, I got several phone calls just thanking all of us. I want to relay those thanks to you for helping with the exercise room and helping with the different uh, technical items they needed for the oper counterterrorism operations and into Gaza. And there's still heightened security going on. There's still rockets being shot from the Hamas in Gaza. There's a heightened situation in the border of Hezbollah. And that doesn't make the news right now, but it has not simmered down, okay? So we're going to continue to support and pray for these units and support them and, and do all we can to fight terrorism of all forms. Amen? 
Uh, also, I want to remind you that uh, now is a great time to sow. When there was a famine in the land, the Bible says, Isaac, he sowed the same year and received a hundredfold. Don't look at um, what's happening in the economy. Don't get mesmerized by listening to the media. Sit back and say, what would, Jesus, what would you do in this situation? And the situation is to sow. The Corinthians begged, excuse me, the Macedonians in Corinthians chapter 89 begged Paul in their abject poverty, in their in total depression and poverty they're in, they beg for an opportunity to sow into the Jewish believers. And so, brothers and sisters, um, we're just one of those receptacles, hallelujah, that late night and our family were planted here by God and uh, to glory to God to do all these things here in this Middle Eastern part of the world. And so continue to sow, continue to give. Um, we're right now needing about $28,000 to come in to finish off all of the uh, projects that we're doing and take us into the next level, which is as we finish off these products, we want to get buy this land, uh, 1.3 million and build out a facility and get things moving to the next level, brothers and sisters. It's time to build an ark because we, we feel that there's coming in such a harvest. Uh, it was beautiful. I saw on a, a Christian news agency this week, a report of all the new churches coming to life in Iran and uh, northern Iraq. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful as there is a move of God's Spirit among the Muslims in this hour and how God is appearing in dreams and visions to Muslim clerics and are getting born again. It's just amazing. Hallelujah. And so as that harvest cycle is happening here in this 1040 window, don't forget that this thing started in Jerusalem. It ends in Jerusalem. We're here to pioneer, we're here as spiritual forces to pioneer, to raise up a base, a stopgap procedure, glory to God. And we need your your help right now. We need your funds. We need your love. We need your monthly offerings. Come on, we can do it, folks. Um, just a few hundred dollars per person. Um, and we can build out this place and get it going. So, again, thanks for your all your wonderful emails that are coming in. Folks, I'm reading these emails. I just don't have time to answer them all back, but I'm reading them. If you really want to get a hold of me, just keep on repeating the same email to me, and I'll eventually get back to you. There's just a lot going on here. We're very, very excited about it. Uh, and also, I will be coming to the States briefly, uh, to Texas and New Orleans for some meetings uh, at the end of March possibly the beginning of April. Stay tuned to our website for that. Love to see you guys if you want to get into some good meetings and, and hear some more of what's happening. God bless you. Talk to you soon. Shalom, shalom.
I want to thank you for being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says, if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says, if anybody would call upon your name, they would be saved. I'm calling today, Lord. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming running home to you now. In your name I pray. Amen. If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America. Our ministry phone number is 770-777-0143. Of course, you can reach us anytime, 24-7, at our website contact page at www.flashfloods.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are here to help equip you to be tactical warriors in this hour, to wake up this church, to win and disciple lost souls, and to take out terrorism of all forms. God bless you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.